praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendour is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn. The praise of all his faithful servants, of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Hi everybody, my name is Scott. I'm the pastor at Trinity Church Paraka. Great to be here with you this morning. Uh, we saw a little video earlier on about people telling us of times they were blown away by God's creation. And I just wanted to throw my story in there too. It's a little bit like, like Naomi's who first shared about going to New Zealand. Um, my wife and I, Pip and I, we, we were in New Zealand a number of years ago for a conference and we had a few extra days after the conference of still being in New Zealand. And so we decided that we'd go and see the sites and we did a couple of things. And we decided this one particular day, we were going to do the Tongariro Alpine Crossing. And it was spectacular. Uh, at the end of the day, my legs wanted to fall off, but it was well worth it. At the start of the day, you couldn't even kind of see the top of where we were going. It was covered in cloud. And so we're walking along, walking along, and suddenly it feels like we're in the middle of Mars. It's just this deserted, rocky place. And then a lake appears out of nowhere. And, but the highlight of the whole thing was what they call the Red Crater. And you go up that ridge, you can see uh, on your screens there. And when you're at the top there, you look down into this valley, and it's full of just this deep red rock. Uh, now, I'm colorblind, but even for me, this was stunning. It was unbelievable. You can't help but be in a place like this and think, wow, it's, it's amazing. 
Now that's what the Bible is doing for us here in Psalm 148. It's, it's taking us on this grand tour of creation to make the point, and here's the point that it's trying to make, creation exists to praise God. I mean, just look at the passage. You saw all of the things that it called on, all the heavenly things, the things that are up there, uh, angels, sun, moon, stars, skies. And then it goes to the earthbound things as well, the sea creatures and the oceans, the lightning, the winds, the mountains, the, the cows, the birds, the people, everything. doesn't matter, you know. You can be as dead as a rock. Or you can be a tree or part of the animal kingdom. You're all called on to praise God. And notice that every person is called on to praise God too. That doesn't matter if you're in power like a king or not. Whether you're young or you're old, whether you're a man or a woman, everything is here to praise God and everything is called on to praise God. Have you ever seen those videos? You get them on YouTube and places like this where it compares Earth to other things in the universe. And so, you know, Earth is bigger than some planets, but it's not as big as some of the other planets. And But then those even those big planets are small compared to the sun. But then the sun is small compared to some of the other stars out there. And in fact, some of those other stars out there are huge. They're ginormous. It's mind-blowing. Have you ever wondered why? Why, God? Why bother with all that stuff? I mean, sure, it's nice. Like, like Richard said in the video earlier, you look at it and it's amazing. But, but God, why'd you do it? Uh, just last week, uh, the, uh, there was a Chinese submarine that went more than 10 kilometers under sea. Uh, it was close to the record for the deepest manned submarine dive. Um, they didn't quite get there, but they live streamed some footage of what it was like when they were going down. And it's fascinating. I mean, you can't see much because it's so dark. Uh, there's not much sunlight that far under the water, surprisingly. Um, but scientists say it is teeming with life down there. There's all sorts of things and probably even lots of new species that we haven't even discovered before. It is amazing. But again, the question, why? It's incredible, God, but, but why did you bother with it all? Did you know that there are around 160,000 species of moths in our world? So many different kinds of moths. God, why bother with it all? This psalm tells us why, doesn't it? It's not a happy accident. According to the psalm, according to the Bible here, everything is here to praise God. Whether it be burning balls of gas in the far reaches of outer space, some undiscovered sea creature at the bottom of the ocean floor, or those flying moths that just bother us most of the time. It's all here to praise God and it's all called on to praise God because that's what God deserves. Uh, I want to tell you about my phone. I'm not a, very much of a tech guy. I don't understand so much of it. But a couple of years ago, I got a new phone and I thought it was brilliant. I thought this thing is the best. It's new and it's shiny, so uh, it's likable in that sense. But it had so much storage space and the camera was much better and setting it up was so fun. I loved it. And at the time I thought, this is so good. We're now kind of two years on from when I got my phone and now it's just a phone to me. 
It's still the same thing that it was, but perhaps not kind of shiny and new like it once was, but it, it can do all the same cool things. It can fit as much stuff on there. It's still got the great camera, but, but it's just a phone to me now. See, because I've had it for a while, it's become just you know, a normal part of life. And so I take for granted all the things that it does. Friends, every moment of every day, creation is screaming out its praise of God. Just look out your window now and you can see trees as they bend in the breeze. They're really bowing down to their creator God. Each morning as you wake up, you can listen to the birds as they sing out their praises to God. Or, or, or what about last week? There was that, um, that great storm rolled over our city. And as the thunder crashed and as the lightning flashed, did you hear the storm thunder? It's approval of our God. Or are you like me with my phone? Has all this just become so normal, so typical, that you just take it for granted and you miss it, that you're not seeing or hearing it anymore? Friends, every moment of every day, creation is screaming out its praise of God. Do you hear it? And, and have you added your voice to it? Have you added your voice to that great song of creation as it sings its praise to God? Of course, at this point, the question could be asked, isn't God just being a bit egotistical here? Kind of like he's a bit vain? That he makes everything, and why? To get praise from it? Sounds pretty conceited, doesn't it? And we actually hate this kind of thing when we see it in other people, don't we? Uh, imagine for a moment, there's a game of cricket. Now, I'm sorry if you're there and you don't like the sporting analogy, but, but imagine there's a game of cricket going on and Stephen Smith has called another magnificent century and they interview him on the sidelines and the commentators there and they say, oh, Stephen, you are fantastic. Uh, when you bat, your timing is unmatched in the game. Your placement is beyond brilliant. Stephen Smith, you are sublime. And now, I'm sure he'd never do this, but just imagine Stephen Smith says, yes, yes, I am that good. Nobody can match me. When it comes to cricket, I am on a higher level than anyone else who's played the game. I am at the peak of cricketing prowess. Imagine if he said that, what would happen? The crowds would turn him against him, wouldn't they? He'd become public enemy number one because we don't like anyone talking themselves up that much. We don't like that kind of vanity in one another. And in fact, the Bible even tells us not to be like that. The Bible tells us to be humble. So what about God then? Didn't he do just the opposite? Isn't he being vain and and, and not humble? Isn't he being all about himself? Isn't he being a bit egomaniacal here? Uh, earlier in the week, I was reading a book and it answered just this question. Uh, look at the quote that it said. it said. It says this, The rules of humility that belong to a creature cannot apply in the same way to its creator. And, and then it went on a couple of sentences later and it said, If God were to reject praise... He would imply 
that there is something more valuable outside himself. And so he would commit idolatry. This is the kind of thing that Psalm 148 picks up on too. It says that God isn't being egomaniacal, but there's reasons why God ought to be praised. Why it's right that God is praised. And that's really the second thing we're going to look at now. It is right for God to be praised. The psalm really gives us three reasons for this. And the first reason, it's right that God is praised because God is maker. You can see that in verse 5 and 6. It says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Imagine for a moment you visit an art gallery and you see a great painting on the wall. What, what do you praise at that point? Do you praise the paint for the wonderful colour scheme it's created there? Or, or do you praise the canvas for, for being such a fitting bed for this paint to lie on? No, of course not. And, and it's, it's a bit ridiculous to think that anyone would do that. When you see the great painting, you praise the artist who created it. And that's what the psalm is saying here too. God made such a beautiful world. It's actually just right that he gets praised for it. But there's a second reason too why God, why it's right to praise God. Uh, and, and the reason is that God is beautiful. You can see that in verse 13. Verse 13 says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. Did, did you catch it there? Uh, in, those, in, in that verse there, God is exalted. He's a God of splendor. He is beautiful. It's suggesting here that God has shown us what he is like. That we do see part of what God is like in creation, that it's, it's, it's beautiful, that he is beautiful like creation is, but, but there's more that God has spoken to us. He's revealed to us what he's like. He does this in the Bible. And in the Bible, we meet a God who is beautiful. And I don't mean beautiful kind of physically here. Uh, God is spirit, so we don't kind of see him physically. But we do meet a God who is beautiful in his character, who is beautiful in his morality, who, who is beautiful in his personality. He's, he's a God who's full of love, full of compassion, a God who, who brings justice and doesn't let wrongs just go on unnoticed. See, when you get to know this God, you can't help but think, here is a beautiful God. It's right to praise him. There's a third reason why it's right to praise God too. Uh, verse 14, in verse 14, it says, it talks about God being a rescuer. Look at verse 14 with me. It says, And he raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Uh, it uses there this idea of a horn. It's, 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 it's a poetic image. It's a symbol. It's describing something of, of strength, of, of power. It's describing a rescuer who's able to come and rescue you uh, out, out of a problem situation. Talking about one who would bring people back to God and not just back, bring people back to God, but, but bring people close to him, close to God's heart. Ultimately, this psalm is looking forward to Jesus who does just that. So as you get to know God and know God as your rescuer, you can't help but praise him. As you get to know God and know that he has brought you near to his heart, the psalm is saying you cannot help but praise him.
So I wanted to end just now by taking a little bit of time to talk about praising God. See, I think a lot of us can have this idea that praising God is something that is dull and dry and boring. We have images in our head of people all uh, just doing the same kind of thing, repetitive over and over again. And that kind of scares us off heaven. We think heaven might be like a 24-7 church with endless bowing and singing of repetitive songs, and we don't like that idea. But the Bible doesn't see praise that way. The Bible sees praise as actually a really joyful thing. Uh, so let me tell you about a story. Recently in our church at Paraka, uh, we've had people become grandparents for the first time. Stuart and Meredith uh, welcomed a little granddaughter into their family. And a couple of days after this happened, I was talking to Stuart and he said to me, uh, I'm not biased, but she is the most beautiful baby girl ever. You see that he couldn't help but praise his granddaughter because that's what we do. We, we praise what we love. We praise the things that we find enjoyment in. We praise something because we think there's actually something good there, something that deserves it, it's worthy of our praise. That's what, we, that's what we're like, isn't it? Yeah, I praise my wife because I love her. I, I praise the game of cricket because I think it is the best, best game ever invented. I praise Stephen King because I like the way he writes novels. They really fit well with me. We praise what we love and enjoy, and this is right. In fact, praise is, uh, praise is not just an expression of our joy. It's actually part of enjoying something. Um, so check out this quote from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis was a famous thinker. He's the guy who wrote Narnia. Uh, and he was, he was writing about this kind of thing. He, he said, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is the appointed consummation. You see, praise isn't meant to be a dull and boring thing. Praise is meant to be an expression of our joy. Praise is part of our delighting in something. And of course, as the psalm is telling us here this morning, God is the ultimate one our praise needs to be directed towards. That We're made for this. That's the point of the psalm. Everything, everyone is called on to praise God. And of course, we get that. It makes sense logically, doesn't it? That if God is there and that he is the God that the Bible says that he is, well, surely the right response is to give God our praise, isn't it? So the question we have then is, do we? Do we do this? Do we give God our praise? Personally, I've been wrestling with that this week. I've been wondering, am I actually delighting myself in God so that praise just overflows? And I've been realizing, no, I think my praise for God has been pretty dry. And I think one of the reasons is this. As I read my Bible, often what I'm looking for is, what's the Bible telling me to do here? Uh, I think I'm like this because it makes me feel worthwhile, like I've, I've got something to do, like here's a role for me, go and do whatever it is. And all the while, as I'm doing this, reading my Bible, as I'm doing this, I don't, I'm not noticing the God who's there in the Bible, the God I meet in the Bible, the God who's speaking to me. I'm missing what the Bible is telling me about him and how beautiful he is, and as a consequence, I'm not delighting in God. I'm not paying him much attention. My focus is on me and what, what I can do. And because I'm not delighting in God, my praise of him has just dried up. I wonder if you're feeling like me or if you've ever felt like me in this way. Reflect for yourself. Are you praising God in your life? 
Are you finding your joy in him and belonging to him? Are you, do you feel that great love for God or, or, or has your love for God grown weary? Let me tell you my plan for the week ahead. Maybe you'd like to join me in it. Here it is. This week I plan to, to read the Bible. But I'm not going to look for what the Bible is telling me to do so much. I'm not going to look for what's intellectually interesting today. I'm going to look for God. What, who, who's the God I meet here in the Bible? What's he like? What do I see in him that I love about him? And then I want to turn that back to God in praise. I want to turn it back to God in praise as I pray to him. And I want to turn it back to God in praise as I let those words of praise just seep out of my life during the week. You know, praise may mean more than words. At times it will mean actions and obedience. Those things do praise God, but praise is never less than words. So this week I want to open my Bible and I want to meet my God. I want to focus on the God I meet in the Bible and grow my delight in him so that my words will start praising God again. Maybe you'd like to join me in doing this too. Psalm 148 begins and ends with these words, Praise the Lord. It's there twice, so we don't miss what the psalm is all about. It's about praising the Lord. All of creation is involved in this. Just look around you. You can see it. How will you let your voice join in? How will you let your voice praise the Lord?